If you're looking for ways to prioritize your health and fitness, run more efficiently, understand food, and somehow fit it all into a fun and family-centered life, you're in the right place. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 42 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to be talking about journaling and we're going to address this topic both from the real life aspect of just journaling in real life and then also um, later in the episode we're going to talk about keeping a running journal specifically. Um, I actually came up with this idea. I thought it's a great concept. The girls just got me a journal for Father's Day, and I love it. I, I love the idea of having a journal. I've started it many times, but as, uh, as full disclosure, let, let's all be honest here, uh, I don't keep a journal. I'm really bad about keeping a journal. Yeah, and this is definitely a habit that I have integrated into my life, and I really love keeping a journal. And there are so many different ways of journaling. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the different ways that you can journal and incorporate journaling into your life. It doesn't have to be a big thing by any means. And we are going to suggest later on in the episode when we talk about kind of how to get started, keep it simple at the beginning. You know, this doesn't need to be an overwhelming thing. And I think that's sometimes maybe where you get hung up on it, Kev. Is that right? That's, that's part of it, you know, or I, I miss a day. I miss a couple days. It's one of those things, you know, like running like a whole lot of different, uh, you know, things that are very beneficial in your life where you've got to get the habit. And if you miss a few days, you're like, ah, I'm done. And, and it's just, it's, it, you just need to start up again. Right. You know, the same thing happens if you miss a couple of days running or you have like a a rough weekend eating wise, Mm -hmm. you still need to start again. Yeah. And I have missed several days. I mean, if you look at my journal, I'm inconsistent, especially on the weekends, which I wish I was a little bit more consistent on the weekends because I do find that if I have some sort of structure that I feel much more productive, I'm the kind of person that likes to check boxes off and that makes me feel like I've done things. And so that's one of the reasons I think that journaling has stuck to me. My mom used to joke around about <laughs> finding <laughs> finding a planner for me when we were in high when I was in high school. We used to go on a quest for the perfect journal. I was so type A back then and I not that I'm not now, but I think I'm a little bit more relaxed, a little than, more I, relaxed. than I used to be, but back then I would go on the search for the perfect day planner and my mom, she, I mean, if she's listening, she can tell you how crazy I was. She used to hate, I mean, to this day, she talks about how she hated going with me. I've gone on these trips before. They're awful. Oh, they're not though. They're so good. (laughs) So there are so many different kinds of journals and planners out there. And, And back then I had to have the, you know, the month layout and then the weekly layout. And then I had to have enough space for my assignments. And, you know, I had to have what I needed to have. And that's what helped to keep me organized and feeling more structured. And that gave me more of a sense of calm. Right. And I love the sense of, I love when there is the structure around it. Like, 
um, you know, we've covered this before that having that sense of structure actually provides greater freedom when you almost feel like, okay, this is my plan. It gives you the freedom to know what the next move is. And anytime I've had a journal, I felt nice and relaxed because I know what I'm going for. And then I fall off and then I get all annoyed at myself and frustrated that I fell off and that I've lost track of things. Right. So some of the benefits of keeping a daily journal, like we said, are providing that structure to your day, to your week, to your month, so that you know what's going on, so that you can write down any appointments that you have, where your kids need to be on at any given time. You know exactly what's going on. And a lot of people do this now in their phones. You know, we take, we keep a shared calendar between Kevin and I. And when an event goes in the calendar, it hits both my phone and his phone so that we both know what's going on. And that has been extremely helpful. Oh, it's incredibly helpful. Then we know where each other are most of the time. Right. But I still do think that there is a large benefit of keeping an actual paper journal. Like there's just something about actually putting pen to paper and writing things down that just feels cathartic in a lot of ways. And not only can it help keep your structure, I mean, if you want to plan out every single day, I mean, I am a proponent of that. I, I am a proponent of planning out my days. Like when I go through my journal, I kind of write out my schedule for the day. You know, if I am going to be at work for these amount of hours and I need to know where I am, I like to see that all planned out on one page. That that helps me. Um, a lot of people, but that doesn't necessarily have to be your journal. You know, that doesn't have to be the kind of journal you keep. Not at all. And we're going to cover all the different types of things that you could put into a journal. But one of the other benefits is giving you this, this sense of accomplishment. Right. Checking when, those boxes. Exactly. I mean, if you've got several things that you want to accomplish over the course of the day and you start accomplishing them, at the end of the day, when you look back, you're like, well... I mean, it, it. I'm not sure if it feels like I've done much. And then you look in your journey and you're like, oh, but I did that and that and that. I guess I did do something today. It right. gives you things to shoot for. And it gives you those small wins like we've talked about before. Yes. Even though sometimes it feels like you're just spinning on the hamster wheel, there are good things. And knowing that you're taking steps forward is always a good thing. So another thing that a journal can help you do is it takes away that – time, that unproductive time where you're just trying to figure out what to do. You know, I know that sometimes if I miss a day journaling, I will sometimes be like, okay, I know I need to be working right now, but I'm not sure what I should be working on because God knows there's always a million things that we could be doing at any given point in time as, yeah. as working people, as parents, as athletes, like there's always a million things we could be doing. Yeah. There's 400 things to be doing. And if you can't, if the journal doesn't say you only have 400, I said a million. Yeah. 400. <laughs> I'm I'm a dad. You're a mom. <laughs> um, so there's there's all these things to be doing, and if you're not sure exactly which one to, to do, you choose none of them and pick something that's just distracting that doesn't need to be done at all. Right, and that drives me crazy because then that happens. That's what happened to me yesterday. I was so aggravated because I couldn't get the darn printer to print, and I spent probably an hour trying to figure out why my computer was not connecting to the printer, and it just kept making me more and more angry. Like. Went because I just saw the time ticking away and it wasn't. Yes, because fixed printer was not one of the goals of the day. That was not one of my goals for the day. <laughs> right. I was just trying to print out a coupon, for goodness sake, to go bowling. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm so cheap. But hey, so anyway, another benefit of journaling is that you're able to kind of see patterns, kind of see highs and lows if you look back. Because 
looking back in a journal is also very helpful. Like it helps you in the moment, but it can also help you in that self-reflection looking over what has been accomplished over the last couple weeks, couple months, even the last year. Yeah, I mean, we'll go backwards here and and talk about all the different things you can put into a journal. But depending on what you put in there, you can really see some patterns of, oh, wow, I I got sick. Let's look back over the last couple of weeks and see what it is that I did for the last couple of weeks and be like, oh, wow, it's really been overwhelming what I've managed to accomplish in the last couple of weeks. No wonder I feel so worn out. Right, right. So let's talk a little bit now about the different things that you can put into a journal. Now, like we said, there are so many different types of journals. There are so many different ways that people use journals. There are so many different philosophies out there about journaling. You know, some people like to just grab a journal and write a little bit about their day, and that's great. They just do a little reflection and Back when I was in high school and college, and that was a lot of what my journaling was. It was just a recap of my day. It was a recap of kind of what what went on. And if I had feelings that came out, then that's what happened. But it was more of a recap more than anything else. Whereas now you've kind of flipped it and it's more of a, a morning journal practice. That is, yes, I, I prefer to do my journaling in the morning. Sometimes I start it the night before. Sometimes if I'm really on top of things, I'll write out my schedule the night before. That really allows me to be more productive the next day because then I already know kind of what's coming. That's nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So things that go into a daily journal that can go into a daily journal. One thing that I love to put into my daily journal is gratitude. That's the first thing that I start with every single day. I write out at least one thing most of the time, three things that I am thankful for because I feel like starting the day with gratitude just helps to set you off on the right foot. It helps to clear off any negative energy. It already it puts you in that positive mind frame already thinking about the things that you're thankful for and that brings joy to your heart. Yeah. I mean, even, even though I'm not keeping a journal, I like that practice very much. Um, it's one of the reasons why I like to go on, on early morning runs is because during that run, I I do that same practice. I try to come up with things that I am thankful for before I head off and start the craziness that is the day Right, where I have 400 things to do. (laughs) And when, I mean, you can do that without a journal. You don't have to write it down. Just like Kevin said, he does it out on a run. Starting the day with gratitude, I think, is a really big deal and can really change the way that your day unfolds. All right. So once you've once you've begun with, I am thankful for, you've listed your things, what else goes in? Okay. So me personally, what I, the things that I include in my journal are my gratitude. Then I look at my goals for – I look at my long-term goals and, and basically – I've done a lot of different personal development things and, you know, a lot of these business coaching programs and books and things like that. And a lot of these people tell you, okay, you have to have this big goal and then you reverse engineer from there. So you break it down into smaller steps and you just keep breaking it down, breaking it down, breaking it down. So basically I write out three things that I want to accomplish that day in in relation to my bigger goal. Do you write the big goal every day, even though it's basically the same goal? I don't, but I think I should because a lot of people say that you should do that. You should write out that big goal or that they have, you know, a lot of them have you break it down. Maybe there's one big goal and then you break it down into 90 day goals and then 30 day goals. And there's different ways you break it down. Yeah. So, but you put some like bigger thing at the top, even in abbreviated right, form. So right. that you remember the, the, the big purpose, the, the mm-hmm. long view of that. Right. And then you put 
plan out three tasks that are related to achieving that goal. And they should only be small tasks. Like that will take you maximum 10 minutes. Let me see. I love, I love the reverse engineer part. They're like, as long as you're taking steps to move forward, you're still moving forward. This is why the, what we're doing in our backyard always seems to connect to this is like, all right, there's slow and small steps as I lay down four more pavers and try and put them flat on the ground. But <laughs> It's still a step in the right direction. Right. It's better than laying zero pavers that day. Yeah. It's small steps. Right. And I think that breaking it down into those small tasks is really important. And I don't always do that very well because like we have talked about before, I'm not the best estimator on how long things take. And so I'll write down a couple tasks and they'll end up taking me 30 minutes instead of 10. So instead of you know, 30 minutes of productivity, I'll have, I'll have 90 things that I need to check off. But, and so I'll, I might get one of them done. So really I've been, I did, I was productive for 30 minutes, yep. but sometimes that, that makes me feel kind of bad that I didn't get all three of those you got, things you done. You got one of the three tasks right. done. Yeah. So it's, so it's hard. Like sometimes I have to remind myself, okay, like the goal here was to do three 10 minute tasks. So if you do one task and it ends up taking you 30 minutes, that's still a win. That's still 30 minutes headed towards your big goal. Headed toward the goal. Right. right. It's, as long as you're still moving towards the big goal, that's still steps in the right direction. Exactly. So those little steps towards the goal, that's helpful. You, you you just set those little daily goals for yourself. I also write out a to-do list every day, just um, number one, to give me something else to check off because I like, <laughs> I know I, I'm a little crazy like that. You do very much enjoy checking things I, off. I literally write workout like under my to-do list because I know I'm going to work out every day and I like to cross it off. Do you actually at the start of the day write out, write out my daily to-do list so you can check that off when you finish the list? <laughs> I'm not that crazy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do that, you're not really crazy. I'm just joking. So um, the the next thing I write out is my schedule and my timeline of the day. So I'll start it at you know five or six o'clock in the morning, depending on if I am getting up early to run that day. And I'll write literally down the page, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all the way down to bedtime. And then for each hour, I will kind of fill in what I have on my calendar that day, what I have on my schedule, like in different blocks of time. So if I know this is where you lose me because that just seems so overwhelming to me to plan out through the day. It seems like it'd be great because then it it provides so much structure, but I see myself falling off of the the timeline so easily and just getting frustrated. Well, the thing about that I like is when you see it visually like that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be at work for five hours and I need to pick up the girls here. It, allows you to visually see where the blocks of time are that you have available. Oh, and, and that's that, a better way of looking at it. Right. So it's not about what you have to do. It's showing me where my available blocks of time are that I can maybe work on those 10-minute tasks that I have planned out for the day. That's a great way of looking at it. I like that so much better. Oh, good. Okay. That's excellent. So that's <laughs> so I write, write out my timeline for the day so that I can try to figure out where to fit things in that need to be fit in. And... I'm getting a little bit better. I think it is helping me a little bit in my time management skills, which I'm not super great at yet. I, I, I'm trying to get better, but trying to estimate the amount of time that different things take. I know you're like laughing here right now because I'm, it's not my 
my strong point. I know, but this is part of the thing of, okay, well, if I'm at work for this and then I have to pick the girls up there, I have 20 minutes so I can accomplish this. But that thing that you're planning on accomplishing in 20 minutes actually takes you 35 minutes. So now you're 15 minutes late and rushing for the next thing. It just, it squeezes it. It does. And that's one of the things that I'm definitely working on to try to get better at. That if I don't have a big, big enough block of time, not to put certain tasks in if right. I'm not quite sure exactly how long they're going to take. Some things you really know how long they will take. I mean, you're getting way better at time estimating on the, on this kind of stuff. And I think the yeah, journaling... Yeah, improving? And, oh, very much so. All right. Uh, especially relative to one of my coworkers who is, struggles with time estimation yeah. on how long it takes to get tasks. <laughs> yeah, so... So that is one benefit of the scheduling of the day for for me. Um, I also keep track of my resting heart rate and the amount of sleep that I'm getting, whether or not I went to bed on time or late, what time I got up. I keep track of all of that um, in my journal. I just kind of write it out. And I know that I can access a lot of that information if I go back into my Garmin or whatnot to, re- to access the resting heart rate and that kind of thing. But I just like to keep track as little data points. It's very easy just to, to look at and to flip through. I, I love keeping track of the resting heart rate. And that's one of the, the things that I do on my, uh, my Garmin tracker. Um, but I mean, I've been doing that off and on in terms of like really paying attention since high school. Mm-hmm. There were like, I went to a running camp while I was in high school and I forget which Olympian was talking to us, but she was like, she said that she kept track of her resting heart rate every single day. Like she would lay in bed and read for like 10 to 15 minutes. And right before she would fall asleep, she would take her heart rate. She used to try and do it first thing in the morning. Like she would wake up and take her heart rate. And she found that she dreamed way too much and way too like crazy active dreams. Mm -hmm. So her resting heart rate was all over the place. Like what she woke up with did not count as a resting heart rate. Yeah. And what I like about the Garmin is that it gives you your, basically your average resting heart rate throughout the night. I think, I think it does. I think it's because it's not always the lowest. I don't think it's definitely not the lowest and and it's changed for me. Like I've had it, you know, in the middle of the day, tell me that my resting heart rate was like 51. And then I checked it the next day and it's like, no, 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 your resting heart rate yesterday was 47. Right. Oh, oh, okay, cool. Thanks. Right. So I think there's a difference between what your average resting heart rate is, and then also what your lowest number is as well. Right. And sometimes it just goes extreme on, on a low because it just wasn't sensing very well. Like, right. My, my heart rate was 45, but your low was 15. I don't think that yeah. was correct. Yeah. I think that might have been an outlier. Right, right. But it just helps you to keep track of those trends as well. Yeah, keeping track of, the, of your resting heart rate trend is a great way to keep track of whether your body is under way more stress than it needs to. If that resting heart rate just keeps climbing, something's going to have to get pulled back. Yeah. So some other things that you can include in a journal, and I, I, am, I don't always include all of these in mine. Some people like to keep track of their weight. I, I add that some days because I just like to keep track of that as a statistic. I have... It, it does tend to, to make me a little obsessive, though, so I'm tr- I'm starting to try to get away from it a little bit more because I don't want to obsess over that. Same I, thing. I check myself most days yeah. just, I mean, from a from a health perspective to mm-hmm. make sure that, I mean, running at one, two o'clock in the afternoon here, just to make sure that I'm appropriately hydrated, make sure that I'm getting enough food as yeah. I start ramping up mileage. Like I, I check my, my weight on a pretty regular basis. Right. And you and I check our weights for different reasons though. You're, Very good point. Yeah. So you 
try to keep track of your weight to make sure that you're eating enough and that you're hydrating enough to make sure your, your weight is high enough that you're not losing too much weight. True story. And I am the opposite. If my weight starts going up, then I start questioning things and start getting a little too crazy about why am I gaining weight and whatnot. And I don't like, I'm, I'm trying to kind of get away from that and be kinder to my body and just appreciate what it's able to do more than, you know, how it looks and all that. And we're going to do a separate episode in the next couple of weeks about body image, because I think that's a really important topic for us to address as, as runners and as parents. Right. But I mean, I think that these points on, on health stats goes really nice into one of the other aspects of journaling of keeping, keeping a running journal, a running log, uh, if you will, Mm -hmm. you know, because keeping health stats, you know, weight and how much sleep you got and your resting heart rate and things like that. How much water you drink. How much water you're drinking over the course of a day. You know, what sort of foods did you have? Like if you're trying to prepare for like a longer race and you have whatever for breakfast and go out for a run and you can check and see whether or not your stomach agreed with it or not. It's yeah. a great way to keep track of what's working for you food wise when you go on a long run or before a hard workout or something. Right. 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 So we're transitioning now over into the running journal world. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So hopefully you guys understand some of the benefits of just keeping a regular journal. And there are some some good resources that we can link to in the show notes for you about just keeping journaling, uh, keeping journals and um, some of the easy journals out there that might help you to get started on that. Yeah. And we're also going to talk about that. I think before we fully jump over, let's just highlight real quick what, what you could put in. Your your daily gratitude, your major goal, big tasks that you're going to highlight. Little tasks. Little too. tasks that you're going to fully knock off during the day, uh, a timeline of your day, and then what kind of health stats you like to put in. Did mm-hmm. I miss anything along the way? I mean, there's there's a ton of other stuff you can put in. There yeah. there really is. You know, there, there's a lot of people. There's a, a journal out there called the Five Minute Journal, and it basically starts with gratitude and and the goals and that kind of thing. And then it also gives you a portion for later in the evening where you reflect about that day and you say, okay, what went well, what didn't go well. And so a lot of people like doing a, a double journal. Like they like to journal in the morning and and plan out the day, and then they like to journal for a couple minutes in the evening and reflect on how that day went and where they could have improved or where they succeeded. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. I have no chance of pulling that off. Well, you you need to establish the first (laughs) one first, you know? I mean, maybe, but maybe you don't like morning journaling and maybe you just like the reflection at the end of the day. There's a lot of people I think that do that. Just do like a an end of the day reflection type of journal. And I think that's very helpful for a lot of people too. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's really just getting that habit going. Yeah. We'll get there. Right. So, Back to back to the running journal world. So the options for running journals nowadays, a lot of people keep things electronically on their phone. There are running logs that you can, you know, apps that you can download on your phone. We have our athletes use these running logs, and a lot of times their watches and GPS programs will upload their stats directly into the coaching log that we use and it'll allow you to see exactly how that run went statistically speaking and it also allows them to put in how they felt and their perceived level of exertion and any other notes that they want to communicate to us so that's basically like an online running journal and there are 
I'm pretty sure there are free versions out there. Well, there's definitely free versions yeah. out there. Tons of them. Well, the, and the, the program that we use, Final Surge, I believe is free for anybody. You don't have to have a coach to use it. Right. You can use it for free. Right. And so that's that's definitely one that we would recommend um, that we use with our coaching clients. And it's it's great. You can just go in there and use it and set up an account. So there's also, other than the electronic versions, there's just the paper version, pa- paper running journals. I know I, I used to keep these when I first started running, when you first started coaching me and I would write down my mileage and everything and how I felt and what shoes I wore and all that good stuff. And I, I just only recently threw them away when I finally started to purge. I said, I don't really, I guess I, I don't really need all of these anymore, but it's kind of fun to like look back on them it, and, and kind of go through them. It, it is. I really wish that I was so much better about keeping a running log through high school and college because yeah. those would be really interesting to look back on. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've heard running interviews with with you know professional runners who are still looking back like they released their running journal for like a year of their career and yeah. you can go through and and it follows like all of these stats they put in it doesn't just have workouts but like how they felt and and you can see their progression through the year and you can see what they were shooting for throughout the year it's it's phenomenal how much I wish that I had a log from when I was in college so that I could see some of the stuff that I accomplished yeah because was- when I look back on it now I'm like eh. I probably could have done a little bit better. And I just, I wish that I had, I had it on paper and could see. Yeah. So there are those running stats that you can track in the running journal. You can also track your sleep and your weight. Like we talked about before, you can track the aches and pains. I think this is a really big benefit of keeping a running journal. So if you're out on a run and maybe you start to get like a little ache in the knee and it, appears after a mile or so and then maybe goes away just writing that down okay there was a little knee pain midway through the run then it disappeared and and then you can kind of keep track if that those aches and pains stick around longer than you want them to. Or if that ache in the knee seems to show up like every single Tuesday and you look back and you're like, oh, well, I've always been doing this workout on a Monday. Mm -hmm. Maybe that workout's causing some issues. And it lets you know what the possible causes are Mm -hmm. of things or, you know, or what terrain you were running on. Yeah. What terrain, what shoes you were in. There's all sorts of things where you can try and find the causes, maybe spot a pattern or you're like, "Ah, my knee's kind of been aching. It's been lasting for a little while. I don't remember exactly when it started. Your journal does. Your journal knows when it started. Exactly. So you can keep track of those things and you can try to address them before they turn into an injury that you need to stop running. Yeah, no one wants the sideline. No one wants the rehab. Well, I mean, not not the rehab. Nobody wants the rehab where you have to stop running. That's... You know, you want to rehab it beforehand and try to address that beforehand. And if prehab it, right? And if you're working with a coach, that's even better because then they can adjust things for you to make sure that that doesn't turn into some sort of full blown injury. Of course, one of the other big things you can put into a running journal: goal setting. We've talked about this a lot, um, and it goes right back to the the normal daily journal. Is you've got big long term goals and shorter term goals. So it's the same setup of you know this is what I'm going to accomplish running wise. And this is like my big thing that I'm going to accomplish. You know, I mean, I know I have a big goal out there of half marathon in January, but it's like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to accomplish this week towards getting to that. This is what I'm going to accomplish today towards getting to that. Um, one of the challenges inside of running journals is, um, it's a benefit and a challenge is the comparisons 
week over week or month over month if you start doing similar workouts. You know, if you go out for your five mile run and you hit that that same five mile run two to three times a week. It, as the weeks go by, you're probably going to want it to look faster. And you want to be careful that you're not getting disappointed if that, that pace is not, in fact, increasing. But that also gives you an insight as to what you might need to alter or change if that is your goal to get faster. Right. I mean, if the goal is to make that thing go faster, um, I can't remember what interview I was listening to, but it was a great line that said that the goal of training is not to get faster on every run or every workout. It's to make the workouts at the same pace feel better. Yeah. Which is also good a good reason to keep a journal because you can note that. So if you're just looking at the statistics week after week and those aren't changing and you're not also writing in how you felt on that workout because the yep. first time you did that workout you could have felt like death yes and then the yeah. three mile repeats yeah. how did it feel it felt like i needed to go to the hospital right like <laughs> like my friend when we were running the other day she was like this feels slightly better than hell yes and yes, indeed. i was like yes that is a very good so sorry mm-hmm. if your kids are listening but i mean that's like the workout you had the other day there were quarters or once you once you start doing more than like eight to ten quarters, yeah. if you're well into double digits, there's a reason why I call them quads, quarters of death. Yeah, the twelve quarters was a was a very challenging workout, but it was a good one. All right, so hopefully now you understand all the different things that can go into a journal and all the benefits of starting a journal. Now we're going to talk about how to implement that in your life and how to get started because we don't want this to seem overwhelming because it can be for sure. And I feel overwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely can be overwhelming. There are so many different options. If you go to the Office Depot or Target or any of these stores that sell planners, there are so many options to choose from. There's like three aisles of planners inside of these stores. There's it's like just, a half it's ridiculous. An aisle. It's, a, it's like an aisle. There's seven aisles of nothing but planners. Well, and they it's have just so overwhelming. The nice executive, you know, so there's, there's different size options. There's leather bound ones. There's spiral bound ones. There's ones with You're getting so happy just saying this stuff. And (laughs) I'm, I'm starting to like shake at all of the different options over here. (laughs) Okay. So the first thing is to pick your journal. So pick out what you think you might like the best. It's, it's something that should make you smile, in my opinion. I like to go to Target or to other places and look at the different covers because I, I like my cover to be a little, little pretty like or have a, a motivational quote on it or a little saying or something like that because when something is visually appealing, I think you're more likely to use it and to try to stick with it. That makes sense. Okay. I mean, maybe it's, it's, maybe that's only a, a me thing or a woman thing. It's definitely not just me. It's definitely not just you. But I, I mean, males too? What do you think? No, definitely. It's, it's a person to person. Some people right. need that thing to, to be visually attractive to them. But I don't think that that's, I don't think an unattractive journal is, is part of my issue. Yeah, but a visually appealing is different for everybody. Like, you wouldn't want to pick the one with unicorns and rainbows on it, which may, might make somebody else very happy. I do not need unicorns and rainbows on right, mine. Right, so, but so the, the black leather-bound journal is going to be more visually appealing to you. Yeah, but I still haven't written anything in it since Father's Day. Well, that's only a couple of weeks. <laughs> so. Maybe after this episode, you'll be inspired to start. It's why I wrote this episode. It's why I thought this topic would be good. It's you can help with how to get started. Right. So first, pick something that you like. 
that looks good to you. I I personally like something that will fit in my purse because I like to bring my journal with me. I think that that is a way that it helps to stick with me and helps to keep me on track. I, I like to keep it with me pretty much at all times. And so I try to find a size that it's, it's kind of like a five by seven, six by eight, something like that, that, that I can stick into any of my purses pretty much. Yeah. You really look like you're shoplifting every time you go to find a new one because oh, you have to, well, you stand in the aisle. I've watched you do this. You take the journal and you put it into your purse and you're like, mm, and you kind of like move the purse around and see how it feels <laughs> and then put that one back on the shelf and then put the next one in. <laughs> if, if there was a security guard watching, he would, he wouldn't be leaving the aisle anytime soon because well, it I looks don't... like you're planning on taking all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I want all of the journals. Give them all to me. So pick something that you like. Um, number two would be decide whether or not you want some sort of structure to the page, like a date or uh, a, a schedule or a time, because there are so many different types. There are things that give you the month at the glance and the week at a glance and then the daily thing. And some of the planners already have the, the times written out for you. And some journals are just blank. You know, so there's different ways to, to go about this. And I think that you just have to find something that you think might work for you, whether or not you find that attractive to kind of have it all structured, or if you like the idea of a blank page and being able to structure it yourself. I mean, part of the benefit of the blank page is you can start on whatever date you want. Right. You know, if you get a yearly calendar and it's, it's the middle of the year, you're, you're not using half of it. Yeah, and then there and then there are the the ones that provide structure, but then you date them yourselves. That sounds more helpful. Yeah, so there's those two. So, kind of decide where you want to start, and understand that if that kind doesn't work for you, if that doesn't help for your journal habit to stick, then try something else. You know, just because you try one thing the first time you do it, if that doesn't work for you, there are so many different options. Maybe you just need a different kind. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe 5Ks aren't your thing, you need to try for half marathons. Maybe the structured journal isn't your thing, you need a blank one, like whatever it is. Right. Switch it up. Journaling doesn't have to go away. Mm-hmm. You just need to find what works. Right. All right? So, okay, so after you pick out the journal that you want to start using, start small. Start with just a couple points on the page. If you want to just start with gratitude, start there. You know, I mean, what a better place to start than that? Just writing the date or if the date's already written for you, you know, you write out... Next to the unicorn. Next to the unicorn. Write out something that you're thankful for. And you can just pick one thing. And it can be the same thing day after day. That There's nothing wrong with that. And if you want to mix it up, then mix it up. And it doesn't have to be some deep, crazy thing. Literally, sometimes my th- journal says, I am thankful for coffee. Or I am thankful for my running group. I am thankful for my wonderful husband. Sometimes I will point out specifically why I am thankful for that person. Person. A lot of times my gratitude revolves around the people in my life. I am thankful for, always, you know, my, for my beautiful girls and they're always at the top of my list. And there are some times that I'll, I'll point out why that person, I, why I'm thankful for that person, something that that person has blessed me with. I am thankful for this person and their, my conversation with them last night. And, and just that is enough to just 
kind of trigger that happiness in, in me and allow me to feel that sense of, of thankfulness and gratitude. I mean, I like the idea of the gratitude at the top because then when you flip back a few pages, the first thing on there, it just keeps saying, I'm thankful for this, I'm thankful for that. So if you're ever feeling down, you could just kind of flip back through the journal and see how overwhelmingly grateful you should be. Right, all the blessings in your life. And there are some journals that have it already written out for you that I am thankful for, but I personally, I've graduated into a blank journal. I used to need so much structure. Like I said, when we would go out on these planner journeys to try to find this, the, the perfect planner for me, I've now evolved into the blank page. And I, that used to freak me out. That and your journal search is really much easier. You essentially yeah. need five by seven with a pretty cover. And I, I like the, the, the spacing between the lines also matters. Like how many lines are on the page? And preferably a ribbon. Well, I, I do love the ribbon. Okay. I, that is one thing that I have found that I love in my journal is there's that ribbon that's attached to the spine of the of the journal that allows you to put the ribbon in the page where you are. It's a built-in bookmark. Yes. I love the ribbon. There you go. So just start with a couple points on the page. Like if you are going to make this so overwhelming, it's not going to stick because this does not need to become a chore. We have... 400 to a million things on any given day (laughs) (laughs) in our life. And journaling doesn't need to become just one extra thing that you have to do. Journaling should be something that brings goodness to your life, that brings in a sense of calm and and peace to your life. It shouldn't just be another task that you have to get through. Yeah. See, I'm a very competitive person. And so I I know what your journal looks like. I don't dare open it because that just gets a little intense, but I know what it looks like. And so there's this comparison that my journal is not living up to the standards established in this household. Oh my gosh. And I think that that hurts me personally. Well, I would think so. Like, because again, you don't need to compare yourself to anybody else because it's your journal. That's kind of the point of journaling, right? Right. It's it's your own thing. It's your own thing. I know. I need to, I need to wrap my head around that. I think that alone of it's my own thing and it's the thing that you use to help calm you and and focus your day. Yeah. That is all you need to be getting out of it. That's it, you know, and that is different for everybody. I like to write more and you might not want to write more. That's too if that's too overwhelming for you, just start very small. Start with gratitude and start with some one task that you want to get done that day. It sounds like a plan. I think I might actually open it tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, that's good because it just it needs to be yours. Like you can't compare to anybody else. Yeah. Your journal really is a very personal experience. Right. Maybe we need to do another episode about judgments, like <laughs> passing self judgment on yourself in comparison to others. Yeah. A whole episode about comparing yourself. That, that'd be a solid one. Yeah. So basically figure out where to start. And we suggest to add gratitude because that's something that we really believe strongly in. If you want to write out your schedule, if you want to write out your health stats, if you want to write out your workouts, I do I do all that also. I add in my, my runs. I write how I felt. I write um, when I do my lifting days, I'll write out the sets that I did and the weights that I use so that I can also track my progress there. Sometimes I miss them and that's okay. My journal is not perfect and I do the best that I can. And if I have a crazy busy day and I'm not able to get to all the things, then sometimes it bums me out. But other times I go back and I look and I feel very accomplished and I understand that I'm still taking steps forward and that is what is important. I like it. Yeah. 
All right, cool. So is there anything else you want to cover about journaling? I think that's got just about everything. I mean, it's all the benefits and it's some good starting points. I might actually be able to, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to start again and hopefully I can actually keep the habit and make it stick. Yeah. Oh, I know something else that we can mention about ways to help keep it or ways to help it stick is the location of where you put your journal. I think that is a big deal because I've started to put my journal in the bathroom in the so that in the morning I, I put it right on the sink. And so when I go into the bathroom in the morning, I have a little prayer book. I say a, a quick morning prayer and then I do my journal before I wash my face or brush my teeth or anything like that. You actually have to physically move the journal out of the way in order to do any of those things. So and most people, you know, maybe they'll go to the bathroom in the morning or whatnot. You f- put it in a place where you might have a minute or two just to start writing. I think that that's, that's a good way to do it. Because like we talked about in one of our previous episodes on how to establish a habit, you need a trigger. You need, you need something that's going to trigger you to remember to do that habit. And I think that's part of your issue too, is like sometimes you just forget to do it. Yeah, that's a part of it. Right? And other part is that it's just too overwhelming for you. It's just, it doesn't sound that appealing to me. Yeah. But, but every time you've done it in the past, you've talked about how much you, every time I've done it, I've enjoyed it. it. And, but I still stand here and I'm like, it seems like such a great idea. I I might try it tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, And and I know I should, and I know it's going to help me and I will feel better afterwards. It just still seems slightly daunting. Right. I mean, maybe you put it next to your coffee pot because when you pour your coffee in the morning, maybe you can take five minutes to fill out your journal then. Just find somewhere to place the journal and put it there before you go to bed every night. And that way it'll be something that you can remember to do in the morning. I like it. Okay, cool. So that about wraps it up. And I'm surprised that we were able to talk for journal about journaling for over 40 minutes here. This is one of our longer episodes. I'm really surprised I had enough to say about journaling for 40 minutes. <laughs> so hopefully you guys gained something from this episode. Check out our show notes for any resources that we might have talked about in this episode and also for links to our Facebook group and our Instagram. We like to hang out there and get to know you guys in our Facebook tribe, which we have a a private Facebook group for all of our Real Life Runners. So if you want access to that, you can head over to the website, realliferunnerspodcast.com. And in the show notes, there's links to all of that information as well. So thank you guys so much for spending this time with us today. And we will talk to you next week.